Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Many people in our world today are confused about the difference of knowing about God, His character, His nature, His name, all the names in the Old Testament, and personally experiencing Him. There's a big difference. Those of you that are married, on your honeymoon, you thought you knew your spouse. (laughs) Do you know them better now, 10 years later? Oh, yes. Because of all of the information that's available to us nowadays, it's easy to live vicariously through someone else's eyes. We could spend so much time watching or listening to another person's account that we think we actually know about the subject matter. When we actually visit the place, many times we find out that our observations didn't prepare us for the reality of what we experience. Pastor Mark is teaching that in the same way, knowing about God is not the same as experiencing a relationship with Him. The experience is far richer than we ever imagined it would be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with part 3 of his message. Pray this prayer for me. If our love grows, ever, nobody has to go up here and say, here's a little offering and the thermometer is going up and the new kids building we're going to build now. Are you going to make the little thermometer go up? Please, come on, please, please make it up. Here's the offering. Somebody will be knocking on your door. We don't do that. Because see, if you love God, you're going to love the kids and you're going to be a giver and not a... And it's going to happen automatically. That's how we've operated for 18 years. And if I'm a giver, I care for my neighbor that doesn't know the Lord. Amen. And I'm going to share when I get an opportunity. Amen. And that's because I love them. So if Paul says, I'm praying for love, all the rest of this stuff. I've never seen a church growth. We get church growth magazines, all kinds of things all the time. How to grow to church, how to break the 500 barrier, how to break the 10,000 barrier, all kind of foolish stuff. I've never seen one say, here's how to grow to church. Love. But Paul's right on. Jesus says, By this will all men know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. We need to be loving. We need to be real and open and sharing our hearts. What does that look like in a church? Well, we're doing well. We need to be expanding and doing more things. And God's going to help us show that love outside of these buildings. While we were in Asia, as I was thinking about this the other morning early, there were many, many pastors that served us. As I told you, we were able to 
minister to, and I can't give details, more than 20 pastors in this one area from all these different churches and just spent hours and hours and hours going through. Well, one of these pastors picked us up at the airport with another one of the pastors. And uh, we were like three hours late getting in after flying 13 hours and then getting there and the next plane was late. We got in at midnight. They'd been waiting the whole time for us. They took us to the hotel, helped us to check in, speak the language, do all those kind of things. Every morning, he picked us up. Every night, he took us back. He bought special things for us. He got us a little coffee and whatever, instant, but whatever. It's coffee. And he knew Americans. And he was taking care of us. And they'd have lunch for us and all of these things as I was teaching. He'd have all kinds of things going. And after it went on for two or three days, I finally said to him, cut it out. You're just doing too much. He said, quiet. Through an interpreter. I said, wait a minute, you can't be quiet? (laughs) Here's what he said. I've taken the week off of work because God told me to serve you, and I'm going to serve you. Okay. (laughs) When I thought of growing in love, that's the first person's name that came to my mind. I can mention his name, but I won't. I see his face right now. You see, he got it. It was humbling to me. That's what a church looks like. And Paul says, if you'll do this, God will bless you. And then Paul gives us, in one of his other writings, better to give than receive. Paul talks in Corinthians a lot about giving of ourselves. And then look at this statement in Luke 6.38. Give... Last time we think about money, but it's not just about money. It's about our whole lifestyle. Give and it will, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you full, pressed down, shaken together, make room for more. Running over. Uh oh, same word, abound. Running over. And pour it into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So Paul says, be generous. Be a giver of your time, your energy. Serve people. Love them. Prove it. Look at the end of verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in what? In two things. In knowledge and depth of insight. This is the next thing you want to write down. Next prayer that you want to write. Write it down. Pray blank, person's name, that they would grow in knowing and experiencing God. You see, that word knowledge is not just head knowledge. It's the word that means experiencing God. It's one thing to know about God, to study theology and learning about God. It's something very different to know God by experience. Let me give you an example of that. Paul isn't saying be theological about God. He says learn to experience God. This is a Mongolian yurt. So now you kind of know one area of the world where we were. Well, This is an interesting place, and of course, these are pretty modern looking compared to what many of the people for all the last five, seven, eight hundred years have been living in out here in the grasslands, but that's where they would live. Now, it's one thing looking up in Wikipedia and getting on the Google search and say, find a Mongolian yurt and put a picture up. It's one thing to study about it, to know about it, to see it, to look at it. Wow, this is pretty cool, but I want you to do something very different. Take a look at the next picture. 
It's something very different to know about one and then spend the night in one. That's where we slept, right there. Now, during the day, it was wonderful. It was warm and whatever. At night, ah, freezing. Sun goes down, the heat goes down. There's no heat in that baby. There's nothing in there. There's two separate beds, twin beds. And my wife is the heat. That was a cold night for me, baby. And by the way, when you had to get up to do what you needed to get up at night, when you put your feet down on that cement, you wanted to go right back and forget it. But you couldn't. So as fast as you could go, put your feet up, ah, get back into bed. Two hours later, your feet finally get warm again. So it's one thing to know about one of those. It's something very different to spend the night in one. Now, here's our problem. Many people in our world today are confused about the difference of knowing about God, his character, his nature, his name, all the names in the Old Testament, and personally experiencing him. There's a big difference. Those of you that are married, on your honeymoon, you thought you knew your spouse. (laughs) Do you know them better now, 10 years later? Oh, yes. Men, will you ever understand your wife? No. You know them better, but you know. How about God? You see, I know God, but when I took God into my life, I began to experience him. Do I really know all about God? I never will. I continue to grow. That's what Paul's saying. Grow in that knowledge of him. So understand Why do we have all these people in our church? There's one thing over 18 years in this church that's shown me this principle. I can tell you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who have come to this church, good people, religious, moral, wonderful people, and they've heard this, that it's not enough to know about God. You have to know him personally. They will say to me at lots of different places, wherever I see them outside, they'll say this one thing. I never knew. You could know God personally. Well, look at this verse. You know it. It just simply says to us, Yet to all who received him, to who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And then there's another another verse in the book of Revelation that says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and you open the door, I'll come in. So it's a very different thing to know about God than knowing God. At the end of our service today, I will give you an opportunity to make that decision. To ask Jesus Christ to come and live inside of you. Then, as Paul's prayer is, you can really experience God and not just know about him. But there's more. Look at that verse again. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge experiential knowledge, and depth of insight. In your Bibles, right behind that word, write this word, discernment. Discernment. You see, this insight speaks of practical application of knowledge. So the next prayer that you're going to be praying for your your spouse or your friend or your neighbor is this one. Write it down. Pray, put their name in there. Pray for, put Mark in there if you would. I, I need this. Pray that Mark would grow in discernment. In other words, he would know 
what is best. Life is filled with choices. Choices in every area of our life every day. So Paul prays that as they interact with life, they would know when faced with a choice, what is the best choice, not the good choice, what is the best choice to make? I need that. I need that. Now, this next statement you're going to write down is going to sound strange to you, but it's true. So write it down. God's love has limits or boundaries or discernment. You see, God's love is not blind. Let me give you an example of that. Let's say you have a heart for orphanages. And God impresses on you to give monthly to an orphanage somewhere. Gospel for Asia, Compassion International, Haiti, whatever. Well, how many orphanages can you give to? Well, there's literally hundreds of thousands of orphanages. Can you give to every one of them? Well, no, you can't. Well, how are you going to make the choice? God will help you make the choice. They're all good orphanages, not all, but most. But you can't, you can't just give indiscriminately to every orphanage. You get on somebody's mailing list, two or three weeks from now, you have no money. You'll be on the street. Somebody's going to have to give to you. You see, I need discernment. I need to know what is best. So God's love simply has absolute limits. I need to know how to apply love so that I can help people. You see, Paul says there's a time to help people and there's a time You you don't want to help that person because they need to help themselves. How do I know the difference? That's very hard. Do you know that this church cannot be involved in helping every single person that walks through this door? Either can you. That's impossible. You look at the oil situation now. How in the world, if anyone needs wisdom, America needs wisdom. How are we going to do these things? Well, Paul says, I'm praying that you'll have Godly discernment. Next thing you want to write is this. A parent's love has limits or discernment. A parent's love has limits or discernment. All of us have experienced this. Let me set it up for you. You go into a room and you're there just for a few moments. And there's a child there with their parents. As you're there, you have great discernment. You know that these parents have never said no to this child. How many have experienced that? Come on, Tim, be honest. Now, why didn't the parents say no? Because these parents believed that saying no was not a loving thing to do. 100% wrong. Saying no was the right thing to do. You see, sometimes love has limits. Keep your finger there. Quickly turn back to the book of Hebrews. Won't take but a second. You need to see this. You know, we're God's children. And God teaches us how to do this. John Phillips, while you're turning there, says this, a parent who loves his child in knowledge and all discernment and will not indulge in every wish and will not withhold rebuke and discipline. So love has limits. That's why I need God's discernment how to operate. Hebrews chapter 12, look down to verse 5. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement, 
that addresses you as sons. We're sons and daughters of God. Now, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Immediately, when most of us hear that word discipline, we think of punishment. We think of negative. But actually, the concept is very positive. The word discipline there means to teach, to instruct, to correct, and finally, to punish. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Now, watch this. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. You see, love has limits. The Bible tells us that we're sons and daughters of God. God's our heavenly father. Our natural tendency is to sin, not to do what God wants us to do. And loving discipline, really, coming from God, should be a comfort factor. When God says no, it's because he loves us. When God disciplines us, John 15, he's disciplining us to be more fruitful. So we need discernment. Many of us, when God says no to us, we say this to God. God, why didn't you answer that prayer? How dare you say no to me? Well, he's saying no because he's being good to us. He knows what's good. When you say no to your child, it's because you're loving them. They don't understand that. Now, by the way, just write this next statement down, and then I'll explain it to you. All God's kids need boundaries and loving discipline. You need to know that you're being watched for, cared for, loved, and disciplined by a father, that a God that absolutely is in love with you. He wants to do the right thing. So in God's word, we find that wisdom and that balance between love and boundaries and when to apply that loving discipline. Now, what about a parent? When do we punish? When do we encourage? When do we talk? When do we listen? When are we tender? When do we draw the line? Only God can give you that. Any of you that had more than one child, if you had two or more children, you know children are different. You can't put them in a box and treat them the same way. Some of you have a child, you look at them like that, they cry. Some of the rest of you have a child, you beat them behind with a two by four, 20 times, then they go, got any more? How many know exactly what I'm talking about? So the formula doesn't work, does it? By the way, we're just like that. Some of you wonder why God took you out behind the barn and whacked you with the, the, the two by four. That's because of you. That isn't because of God. He would have done this, and if you would have obeyed, he'd have just moved right on. So you have to learn that. Where am I going to get that? Where am I going to get that discernment? From God. If we lack wisdom, ask, and he will give it. You can't treat kids like they're robots. They're individuals. But love has limits. Next thing you want to write, might sound strange to you. A pastor's love has limits. A pastor's love has limits. And by the way, I'm including you because what I'm talking about is sharing truth. Every Christ follower, when you witness, your love has limits. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, as a pastor, as a Christ follower, I have the privilege to share good news, the good news of the gospel. But if I'm going to have real discernment, I have to learn at times to share the bad news of the gospel. One day Jesus was speaking. Notice what he does in Matthew 25. 
He says, then they will go away to eternal punishment. That's the bad news. You don't accept Jesus Christ, you'll be separated from him forever. But then he says this, but the righteous, the Christ followers, those who get saved, to eternal life. Let me set up a scenario for you. As a pastor, I have to love you enough to tell you the truth. And that truth includes the good news and the bad news. Let me give you a scenario. On Judgment Day, and you're over here, and you're in this line, and Matthew 7 says that God says to you, uh, depart from me. And you go, well, what do you mean, depart from me? I went to Calvary Chapel, and I was there all those years, and I was a good person, and I served, and I did all kinds. And Jesus says to you, I never knew you. He says, what do you, what do you mean you never knew me? Depart to where? You mean there's, there's a hell? You're kidding me. Pastor Mark never shared that with me. All he ever shared about was heaven and God's love and everything's good. Nobody needs to make a choice. Everybody's going to heaven. Are you kidding me? Pastor Mark never told me the whole truth. Jesus says that's exactly right. Depart from me. I never want that to happen. No pastor wants that to happen. But do you know today in our churches in America, you will never hear the full truth. All you hear is you're a good person. Everything's going to be fine. Just continue to be a good person. Think about you. Be moral. And you're going to heaven. That's 100% wrong. One day Jesus had a man who was very religious come to him. His name is Nicodemus. And he came to Jesus and he thought his religion, knowing about God, was going to get him to heaven. And Jesus spoke the truth. You see, love has to have discernment. And what did he speak to him? He said these words. Watch this statement. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, the whole truth. You must be born again. Unless you are, you will never go to heaven. That's the truth. And I'm here to say to you this morning... My privilege, my responsibility, every pastor who teaches here, in any of our roles, all the elders, our responsibility to you is to love you enough to tell you the truth. I can't choose for you. You have to do that. Nicodemus refused to be born again there. But later, at the death and burial of Jesus... He'd become a believer. See, he got the truth. He knew there was good news and bad news. My love has limits. I cannot just share you the good news. I'm going to share with you the truth that if you refuse, and of course that's your choice, it will have eternal consequences which you cannot imagine and either can I. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us of the difference between reading about an activity and participating in the same activity. He stressed the need for us to actively seek out God and to work on deepening our relationship with Him. As we do, we'll sometimes experience God's discipline in our lives. We need to learn to embrace this discipline and learn from it. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his message, Pray This Prayer for Me. He will begin to teach about Paul's prayer to the Philippians that they would learn to grow in discernment, to learn to discover what God's best for them is. We'll be reminded of our need to try to close the gap between God's potential for us and where we actually are in achieving that potential. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team, your Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.